You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. It's not the field of dreams, but for North, rebuild it and the wins will come. David Noble backs his process and the first hurdle has been cleared in the Kangaroos' progression. The Tigers dodge an orange bullet as the Giants make a costly misfire. The Bombers win a close one and continue to show their youth. And the Dogs get the job done on the road and a loss to Port Adelaide extracts a heavy toll. Welcome to AFL Unlimited. It's just me and Tiz today. We've got a, a late out in Chook, but Tiz, how are you going? I'm well today, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well. We'll just have a couple of friendly conversations between ourselves this week. We seem to be getting less and less every week. But... <laughs> just discussions between two amazing human beings. <laughs> uh, normally we throw to Chook here for the news, but he's uh, compiled some stuff for us here. But uh, there's a few... Um, I was I mentioned Port off the top having a costly... Uh, costly loss but there's again another week of some pretty big injuries to some key players for some clubs um so obviously tom clury is out for about six weeks or so with a broken jaw massive which is huge Mm -hmm. toby green and harry perryman are about four weeks away from returning for the giants that hurts which is which is big for them and darcy gardner obviously did his shoulder okay so some key injuries for some top eight sides what are your thoughts on that Toby Green is uh, <laughs> like if he plays him and Mumford, they generally yeah. win. Yeah. So um, it, it's a huge out for them. He's a great presence. Um, Gardner's really underrated in defence for Brisbane. So he, you know, um, they'll try and cover him. But it, again, it's sort of it, it's uh, it's put to another defender to take another forward. So he, he's normally a good uh, shutdown defender, sort of at halfback for the Lions. And uh, Clurie's uh, a massive out. Port's key defensive stocks sometimes get questioned a bit, and mm-hmm. Aliyah Aliyah has helped a bit, but. Uh, yeah, that, that means uh, Jonas has to play a little bit more uh, one-on-one against probably maybe the best or second best at least. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Port may have some issues down back as well, and they've got plenty more issues as well. Absolutely. Well, they dropped another one at home, which which isn't good to see. And talking about dropping one at home, the Saints played Geelong, obviously. And we're not going to touch on this game, but it was a big story about how poorly their kicking for goal was. They kicked... Five goals, 17, and this is not a verse out of the Bible or anything. Saints, five, five seven. 17. <laughs> but they... The book of Brett. <laughs> they just misfired completely, and these shots weren't under a lot of pressure. That's probably what... It's five seventeen. sometimes, you know, you play a Richmond or a Sydney, they force you into, you know, rush shots or long shots from outside 50 or from tough angles, but... This was a 5-17 with a lot of gettable shots, and they kicked seven points in the first quarter, and mm. every chance they had, they just... I, I couldn't uh, get through the big sticks, um, the, the, the smaller ones they were, they were accustomed to. but All the woodwork. The, and the woodwork as well got a, a very good workout. But um, it's a game, it's not to say that if they kick a bit straighter, they definitely win. Do Geelong respond if the Saints yeah. get two or three in a row? But ultimately you had probably a good chance to put the Cats away and put a lot of scoreboard pressure on. And um, they, they failed to execute, unfortunately, for St Kilda and their fans. I guess on field too, this probably isn't that pressure when, you know, if they kick 10 goals straight, it's like, oh gosh, we're under the pump here. But I, yep. I, I, I probably think players wouldn't see, oh, they've kicked seven behinds. I guess if they looked at the scoreboard, they'd be able to see that. But I guess it would have a different feeling to, you know, kicking a goal and being under that immediate pressure. Mm. And speaking of pressure, again, I've, I've turned into the segue man in the absence of Chook this week. But yes. Rats has obviously commented on the, the pressure that the Saints were giving out, but not getting any reward for it. Um, you're obviously a Geelong fan yourself, Tyson. So uh, I, di- I probably didn't feel 
that way inclined on the night, but probably reviewing bits of the game, there was elements of holding the ball, especially not being paid correctly in situations. Mm, There's been lots of, uh, you know, comments regarding, you know, Geelong throwing the ball, and I wish, yeah, umpires were able to see it and Mm. called on all teams. And I think, yeah, Ratton said... There's no point laying tackles anymore. I don't know if it's worth it anymore. They laid 85 tackles, three holding the balls. Yeah. I don't think this is a new problem. Um, Clarko's raised this in the past, 110 tackles for yeah. one holding the ball. Um, this is going back about uh, maybe a year or two ago now. So um, it, it does seem at certain times in the year the umpires just all of a sudden just go down in the, in the um, the rankings of just paying on the balls. Yeah. Like they just they, they, they get on they put the whistle away. Trends, don't yeah. they? Yeah, it's, it is noticeable sometimes, and it feels like. We, we're going back to that rule of the week thing again. And yep. this week it was the 15-meter kick, mm. which I, I noticed in a lot of the games I watched, they were, they were calling, and we put it in our group chat as well, where in the North Hawthorne game, uh, they, the umpire called play on, the ball was still in the air and marked, landed about 30 meters away, went over the player's head, and they're calling play on not 15 before the ball's even come down from its flight. So One of the been getting wrong a bit lately yeah. um, that's for sure but yeah yes. they, they oh, I think <laughs> that's it oh, I think from both sides there were tackles laid by Geelong that could have been holding the ball for the Saints and probably more for the Saints because yeah, they tackled def- more definitely the Saints yeah. had, had yeah. a few a few on on review there and um, following on from Ratton's comments our, our old mate Damien has had some comments, uh, comments of his own yes in regards to what he thinks of Marvel Stadium which uh, have been perceived a lot of different ways we hate playing here, Damien says. I, I, it's, uh, I don't know if you can get away with that. I wonder if the AFL will get it. Please yeah. explain. I don't know if that's come out already, but mm. that's uh, some really strong comments. And, I mean, if you're David Teague or someone else, you probably don't get away with that. But no. when you've won three premierships, yeah. you can probably say um, say what you like. But, yeah, flirting with danger there, I think. But um, They were really harsh comments, were they? Well, they, they dominated. Yeah, absolutely. They dominated the Saints there a few weeks back, so it's not as though... Uh, that that performance wouldn't suggest that they hate playing here, but that's an interesting mindset. Telling mm. telling the um the fans in the world that yeah that that kind of is that in the mindset of Richmond when they come to Marvel that yeah well, oh we don't want want to play here and really it just tells other teams they're vulnerable because they're not comfortable mm. yeah and it's just oh, it's just probably not a good look isn't it like they won on the day and I guess those comments would probably be compounded if they lost but really it was one of their one of their best wins in recent history. They were down by 28 points, uh, undermanned midfield, and the Giants were absolutely flying. Hogan had kicked four goals in the second mm. quarter, and yeah. now the attention's sort of been taken away from that great win, and uh, this this Nasty. is what we're talking about instead of instead of the game, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, some weird comments there from Damien. I mentioned uh, David Teague before, and that, I suppose, ro- rolls into um, his comments about Cripps. Um, yeah, probably didn't go the way he would have liked. What did you think of that? And yeah, well, he was, he was obviously um, had an interview during the week about uh, shooting down the rumours about P- Patrick Cripps having a fractured back, um, which came to a surprise to many people. And then after the loss on Sunday, he came out and said, and apologised basically, saying it was one of the press, worst press conferences he'd done because he was <laughs> stressed and frustrated about that issue being brought up. And it, and it was an issue. It was correct. But it was just something that happened in the past um, yeah, it was, was a weird one. There's probably better ways to handle situations like that, just saying, I don't want to comment on it, or mm. <laughs> not just going to water and stressing out and just saying things you don't want to say and screaming at journalists. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't happen very often where you reveal information you probably don't uh, don't want to you mm. know, chuck out to the public. But 
Yeah, it's interesting. They they often you know probe for these kinds of questions and in the hope that they get these types of answers. So it doesn't happen very often, but uh, it looks like Teague's just sort of uh, put his hand up there for misfires on uh, on quotes few, and words few and misfires this week. Yeah, so. It's been a couple, been a couple at all. Moving on to our next segment, the untouched moment of the week. Uh, another player I wanted to bring up for the Brisbane Lions. Uh, we saw one of the St Kilda players brought up during the week, Callum Wilkie, had let about five goals on his direct opponents through all year. And I think Starcevic is tracking a very similar pattern for the Brisbane Lions. And he's been a main reason as part of their resurgence the last few weeks. So they're five wins straight now. And they look like they'll end up in the top four towards the end of the year. And he's been going great guns. And he's only been around for a couple of years. And I know the Brisbane Lions fans will... Um, definitely notice him and, and know what he does. But um, just for the wider AFL community, I think he's finally starting to get some recognition this year for what he's actually been doing, and he's been doing it very well. Very underrated and would internally be rated very highly with, uh, I suppose, the defensive role he does. His um, carry from the back half is really good and obviously uh, yeah, difficult to beat in a one-on-one. So um, nice. That was very touching. That's a touching un- tribute the, to Brandon Sutterich. In, in the untouched moment of the oh, week. So there you go. Uh, we, we, we mentioned uh, no one was talking about the Richmond and GWS game, but now we're going to talk about it. So, <laughs> well, that, that's that's what I'm what I'm here to talk about. Absolutely. So, uh, it's Richmond, GWS, Marvel Stadium, Damien's favourite home ground, <laughs> Marvel Stadium. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it is correct. Cool. Marvel at that stadium. They, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm marvelling at this uh, review. So, Richmond won by four points. Uh, oh, it was so frustrating. I, I, I was having a bit of a look, flick through the scores throughout the game, and you know they were up by fifteen in the last quarter. Giants they led them back in a couple of times, and obviously we know what happened. But I just thought oh, I'm gonna the next time I check my phone, guaranteed Richmond are going to be up up at the end of the game, and I checked and they were full time four points, and I was just like, you've got to be kidding. You you were pretty annoyed at this, mate. Very. You, you, could you tell? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, if. If the Giants were able to beat the Tigers, I don't think they could have won the Premiership. But the fact that they have given them another inspirational win, they, they'll they now believe, even without five of their best midfielders, well, Cochin, I'm going to forget all these names, Lambert's um, out, um, Edwards is out, Prestia is out, and there's one more I'm forgetting there as well, Shy Bolton as well. So that's five of their best starting mids out, and they've just got a bunch of no-names in there. They just somehow find a way to get the job done. Um, but yeah, we don't need to give the Tigers more hope and belief, but uh, unfortunately the Giants crumbled um, when it counted uh, up by 28, as you mentioned early on in the third. They had great control of the game. Uh, they were in the contest and their pressure was really, really good, but just uh, they couldn't sustain it for the full four quarters and you've got to play four quarters against Richmond or two if you're Geelong. Um, if you stay in the game and have some really good quarters, you, you're a really good chance. And as I mentioned, yeah, they had about five of their best midfielders and you would have thought GWS for the whole game would have been able to probably match it in the contest. But Richmond, uh, as per Parkinson's law, when <laughs> they, they just find a way. Your favourite. Yeah. Uh, GWS won the contested possession count and I believe every game they've won it, they've, they've won the game, except for this one. Um, any Anything that you ever do is always just negated when you play Richmond. 17 marks inside 50 to 9 the Giants way, which was just unbelievable. You never see Richmond's defence sort of um, outmuscled like that. Mm. And that was that was fan wanting, but couldn't get enough on the board. Hogan was getting easy, easy yep. marks in the lead in the second quarter. It was as lazy as I've seen the Richmond defence, and that includes their loss to Geelong last week. Hey, that's that's crazy, mate. And and as, as you mentioned uh, early on, Hogan kicked four in a frenzy in that second term mm. to give them some really good ascendancy. 
a great team effort from Richmond. Um, Dusty was the difference with four goals. It was the it was the only way they could win. Yeah, um, and they Dusty. gave a tag. Yep. I'm not sure if it was it a hard tag for um, Iden. Is that oh, he pronounced his name? I wouldn't think it was a, a hard tag. It was just a matchup for Iden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the only way again, it's a, it's a team effort, and Dusty's the cream on the cake to finish it all off. But you would have thought that's the only way they could win. Would, would you have just done a hard tag and then just give yourself every chance to win mm. the game? I, I would have thought probably would have. I'm not. I'm not sure if there is a better matchup though in that GWS backline. I pro- I don't know. I would have even put Sam Taylor on Dusty because he's been probably their best defender of the last month or so, and maybe just let Iden compete with Rewalt, who was pretty well negated for most of the game yep. and kicked a goal late, I believe. But, um, yeah, it's frustrating game. Ones, especially watching those highlights. And two of the goals, Dusty just socked off the ground. There was mm. the first one, which was pretty easy. But the second one, obviously, where he made contact with the goal umpire, which I absolutely have no issues with that. Um, the issue I probably have with that one is that the goal umpire called it a goal. He believed it was a goal. So that was the umpire's call. And then the vision was obstructed on the goal line, and I probably think the the ball it looked was, over. It it the, looked on the line, which I don't think is a goal. Is is that correct? It if has it, to be fully over the it line. Has to be before the line when you yeah. kick it. It can't be on the line when you kick it. It can be on the line. So okay. the, the moment it's past like the padding and the yep. um, the goal, right. uh, sorry, the flag. Yep. That that's in a goal. Okay. Well, maybe without I'm, maybe without I'm impeding five, any posts. Five centimeters off my <laughs> judgment. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So I mean, it would have been very close, and yeah. might have not been fully over. Yep. If it wasn't fully over, then it's a goal. Well, that was some uh, potential controversy there. But uh, once again, Dusty gets the job done. Yeah, yeah, and they celebrated like madness too. Yeah, it was um, big for them. I think they probably knew that they were not done, but you know it was going to be very hard for them with Brisbane coming up this Friday night. Yeah, that'll be a very tough game for them. But um, we go to, down to uh, Tasmania and a crazy result here. Yeah, absolutely. For, the, for, uh, your, for your game? The North Melbourne Kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> Kangaroos. Uh, beat the Hawks, and we both sort of had a chuckle during the week about... You know, we tipped North last week against Collingwood yeah. and they played Burnt the worst me. game ever. And then we tip Hawthorne this week and North come come oh, to play. So, um, spewing, no, I was I was pretty happy for North, actually. I, it's not good to see a team lose every week and you don't want there ever to be a winless team throughout a season. And they obviously got the win. Cunnington and Simpkin were fantastic. I think they finished with 26 clearances between them, which is insane. Um, and I think they had seven or so in the last quarter just between them. And I don't think... Mm. Uh, any Hawthorne player had more than one for the last quarter, yep. which is insane. Um, they just were on an absolute rampage and they just couldn't finish. They couldn't just finish it off and it sort of took it right to the end of the last quarter, but uh, they, they did get the job done. Um, you can see there's obvious signs of youth there, uh, prosperous youth at North Melbourne with Larky, LDU, Simkin, um, Taron Thomas probably had his best game for the club, three hey, goals. and good. And he's uh, contesting his one-match ban this week. I didn't even know he got a suspension, but he knocked CJ Jaff on his on his backside. I think they were just contesting the ball, and mm. just it was a big clash there. And I don't know the exact injury to CJ, but um, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that would have been worthy of a suspension, considering Bailey Fritch got off his very careless, semi-deliberate um, action okay. in at the same ground. But um, for the Hawthorne side, they're going to get absolutely smashed in the media this week, and. Um, I don't think I'm on the boat of smashing them. I still believe that they are going through a rebuild and I'm of the same opinion that 
if you're going to be patient with North, be patient with Hawthorne as well. I don't think their fans would have expected much more out of them this year. Obviously, it's never good to lose to the team that's on the bottom of the ladder, but um, there are some questions probably about their list in general, about who they have on their list. That the, the talented youth is obviously Kaczynski, Hardwick's a bit older now, CJ's come through this year, they've mm. lost Will Day. Um, probably the only question really is why Burgoyne was on the list still. I think they'll probably Game carry 400. him to 400, which yep. I think is fair enough. We've obviously seen Melbourne do that with Nathan Jones. But, yep. yeah, it's probably just one of those things. You want to you want to send him off in the right way, but there's probably a lot of senior players that won't be on that list mm. anymore at Hawthorne. Jack Gunston, Luke Bruce, Liam Shields. Yeah. And, I mean, Cic- Sicily, who's an absolute rock a, down there, he's, yeah. he's out for the year. So that's, yeah. a, that's a really big out for them. Yeah. Um, he's, like, really attacking and... Uh, a very good defender as well, so Absolutely, yeah. definitely missing him and just some general, generalness, just general generalness. <laughs> um, Carlton and Hawthorne next week—that's going to be a big game, huge for both teams. Um, I think Hawthorne will think they're definitely a chance against Carlton, and I think Carlton will be—they have to beat Hawthorne. <laughs> they, they might go in as favourites. The, the Blues, oh, I don't see how Hawthorne could go in as favourites, but mm. yeah, it's a, it's a big game there, and I mean the the midfield battle. It's not as though they're up against, um, yeah, they're up against Burgoyne. Yeah. Um, Wingard was in there as well. We got Mitchell, Mitchell hasn't Amira. been back to his hundred percent. Yeah, Amira as well. So yep. it's not as though up against nobodies. Um, Warpole hasn't Warpaw. fired a shot since his his second season. I think he was mm. awesome. He yep. hasn't been that player since then. He's definitely one of the best and fairest, didn't he? His second year, I believe so. Yeah. Whenever Tommy Mitchell was out, which yeah. might have been twenty nineteen, so he yep. really fired there. But since he's sort of come back, it's just. Uh, not quite happening for them, but yeah, I think they'll obviously get uh, attacked by the media a fair bit. Mm. Um, obviously, yeah, they've got some key personnel out, and they've got they're just in an all they're just in no man's land at the moment. They've got some really old oh, players yeah. that they probably need to move on soon, <laughs> but they can't get rid of all of them at once because yeah. they need to be somewhat. Because then you end up like North Melbourne. Uh, that's right, <laughs> yep. so, and they're probably well. If if today or sorry if that if that day wasn't a hit, hit in the face of Hawthorne saying this is yeah. where you're at um, don't know what will be yep, so absolutely um, yeah that's uh, that's a bit of a wrap of that game and nicely done like. absolutely and there's a there's another game to um, touch on here from Chook um, who as we mentioned before is is out late out with illness or some form of uh, medical yep. related uh, injury or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something it, like that. It, Hey, a, a late, a late out, late, um, late, late in the warmer. That's right. Um, um, so it probably just gives us a chance to have a casual chat about quick, this game. Quick chat. Yep. Pretty good from the Bulldogs. <laughs> I really wanted to tip them. I just, yep. yeah, I was just like Port Adelaide at home, but even that's not guaranteed. And I, I don't know. Port aren't in a great space at the moment. Yep. I, I'm nearly writing them off. Yeah. Um, really, writing them off. Just about. Yeah. I, I think they've. Shown a way they've been, um, you know, capitulated yep. against West Coast. Of, you know, they got obviously smashed, yeah. dominated there. Brisbane, they, got um, Brisbane, they they really got defeated. They're losing games at home, so I'm yeah. really just about writing them off. I'm, I'm just like one one bad game away from saying they, then, they can't win the premiership. As we mentioned before, Clory, yep, drops that, out that for hurts. six weeks, and Butters is yeah, Butters is out forever. <laughs> long, out for an extended period now with nerve yep. issues in his leg, and we know that Port are going to be playing some big. Mm. Opposition in the in the coming weeks, we know they're playing Geelong soon after the bye, so they'll probably win that by a hundred points. But uh, yeah, they'll get the job done there. That's for sure. They'll have to have a big performance this week. I don't. Well, I don't know who they've got uh, next if week. We we'll check have down a look the very long. We've got uh, Collingwood, Collingwood at the, at the MCG. G, that's G, gonna we'll, be they'll have G. to win that. MCG. <laughs> oh, oh my G. Oh, boy, oh boy, wow, G. The dogs tears. They're they're 
they're right up there, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're just about grand finalists um, already. With, with the way with the way they're playing, I'm really nervous to play them, and we're playing yeah. a bench along yep. uh, in the coming weeks. Yep. So that's going to be a massive game. Their midfield is just absolutely elite, and um, obviously they've got you know down backs not perfect, but. Again, they don't let oppositions get a lot of inside fifties because their midfield's so good. But they run and spread their contest work. Libba's one of the most underrated players in the comp, and should get an AA spot. They're in and underrated players because he's just down on his hands and knees all the time, just getting the pill out. To, Literally, <laughs> I think David King called him the liberator because he wow. he takes his teammates to freedom. He just get does the dirty work, gets the ball out to them, and then yep. just lets Bont kick these amazing goals or gives it out to McRae to hit Norton on the chest. So. It's a great analogy. Brownlow Knight's going to be very interesting with yeah. the Bulldogs. There's going to be so many players taking yeah. votes off each other. You almost yeah. couldn't pick a yeah. pick a Bulldog for a <laughs> Brownlow. It's like null for that game. <laughs> yeah. Everyone gets zero. That's right. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about Port, but Western Bulldogs not doing a lot wrong. Norton's playing really good footy. Is Bruce playing up forward? There was talks Bruce back on. Bruce is down playing back. forward, but yep. another injury. Eastern Wood hamstring, yep. six okay. to eight weeks. So I think there has been talk about Bruce going back and potentially Jamara, Hugo Hagen. Okay. Uh, debuting, which I would be all for. And yes. I think that just goes to show the maturity of the team. If Bruce is able to selflessly sacrifice, yep. sacrifice his position and, you know, he can't kick 10 every week against North Melbourne, but <laughs> no. he's a good mark. He's a good, strong, solid player. Bruce, he has been really good this year and he, he has that confidence now in his playing ability because there was stages last year where he just looked shot as an AFL mm. player. And yep. I think if he goes back and plays that intercepting role like Easton Wood does and just break even in one-on-ones Fill the void. that's really yeah. going to help the dogs and bloody get Jamari and I just I just want to see him in and see what he can do because he looks like the next Buddy Franklin just don't ask Bevo about it alright he, <laughs> he might get a bit test he's just got like a knock on the door and Bevo's like <laughs> at the front uh, yeah, some, don't, some don't you listen to your press conferences a, don't you listen to don't you do research <laughs> amazing goal from Waitman did you see that one where it hit the top of the square and he just kicked it over, over his, back head? his head yeah, oh, I, don't, oh, I don't see those barely goals very even, often uh, barely even looked at it he just sort of celebrates straight away but, oh, uh, I reckon I've seen two or three of those goals ever uh, yeah. Bradshaw Luke, Scotty Lucas Luke Parker Luke, yeah, Luke Parker. So yeah. probably three or four I've ever yeah. seen in my life. So I yeah. love it when players just have a crack and Absolutely. just take a shot. Um, we've got Shorty who's going to comment on the Bombers and Fremantle game. So yes. he's mailing in his uh, Brownlow votes. <laughs> yep. Uh, mailing in his review for this game. So we'll listen to him quickly. I'm going to take a look at the Bombers and the Dockers. And it was a tight one. And it was probably a battle of two sides that aren't going to contend too much this year. But there's a lot of real talent in there. Some youngsters that played really well. And... I'll talk about a couple of those guys in a moment. But the Dons were quick out of the block, kicked to the first three, I think it was. And, you know, the Dockers, probably a young side developing. You know, at times on the road, they've been left wanting. And when the Bombers got away to that sort of start, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if they'll be able to fight back or if they'll drop their heads a touch, which has happened at times. But they were great. They were able to fight it out, get in front. And then, you know, you could argue they, they really should have gone on to win it. But the Bombers were also impressive. They rallied hard, and it was it was tight all day. Um, you know, not like I said, not two sides that are banging down the door for top eight or anything. But it's the youngsters that you know are really giving both supporter bases a lot of hope. In the end, you know, it was Tipper with a late one, handy little bounce. Braden Ham and then Zaharakis was able to put through a point late in the game to make it seven points, which with the time left made it impossible for the Dockers. So. The Dons got home by seven points there, but I'll tell you what, we've mentioned a few of them, but you know, Harry Jones is a hell of a lot to like for the Bombers. You know, Parrish just keeps doing what he's doing. You know, McGrath continues. Their back six, you know, Hind, 
Redmond, we know Ridley back down there. So Cox was rested. There, There is a lot to like, and Perkins always shows a few bits and pieces. And, and for the Dockers too, I'm almost more bullish on this Dockers midfield. You know, Chera, Brayshaw, Sarong did a really nice job on Merritt. You know, we've been talking about Mundy and Fife throughout the year, but there is a lot of young talent out there on Sunday that I think, you know, if they're not household names now, they soon will be. And once a bit of consistency comes into both these sides' games, then I think they're going to be a threat, you know, from this year and beyond. So tight game for you Sunday afternoon. Enjoy the pod. I'll be uh, back with my tips. Cheers. So that was Shorty's review of the Essendon Frio game, but don't know how much uh, this year you got to saw. It was actually a pretty entertaining game, Tiz. Saw a little bit of the the final term. <laughs> so I saw Tippers bounce and boy, oh boy, uh, you'd love to be on the end of that. And that was uh, obviously huge. And Eston Weld obviously stand up late. And, uh, oh, gee, they, they almost had an absolute hell of a <laughs> they, they, they had a set shot. And, they uh, Ham on, had it, yeah. and then Ham's like, oh, okay, no, I'll kick it in the corridor. Mate, take your 30 <laughs> take seconds. The, take the shot, bro. Ma- yeah, all you had to do was kick a point if that went the other way yeah. and then made it a draw or I think it was six points. Yeah, yeah it was six points yeah, at the time. That, that was just a shocking decision. Yep. Luckily, they were able to, um, I suppose, yeah, repel and get it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Mundy's looking amazing. He kicked, he a, he kicked a, a nice late goal yeah. and he's old class. So, um, yeah, look, two, two sides, it's obviously... Definitely um, building, and that, as Shorty said, they're not going to be um, you know jumping straight into top eight uh, calculations. But they're playing the kids, and they're they're playing some uh, good brand of footy, and they're good size at home. Generally speaking, Essendon have had a number of um, quite quite close games, mm. so they've been in a lot of their games. Even though their uh, win loss doesn't look amazing, but I think two or three games decided by less than three points or something mm. like that. So their youth is amazing, and they did try and re- rest uh, Nick Cox, but. He had to come on as the medical sub, and it was interesting when he did come on. He he sort of changed how the game was played. It moved mm. a lot quicker for Essendon, and actually um, had a really positive impact for them. And Archie Perkins looks good. Braden Ham kicked a ripper, little sausage, Batoki Ham. See what I did there? Thank you. Um, <laughs> nice one. For Fremantle, though, I'm actually pretty disappointed in Fremantle. I had them You're... making the eight this year. I, I was big on Fremantle this year and, and last year too. I, I was the Fremantle man. Um, they've sort of just fallen away and dropped a couple of games that uh, they shouldn't have. I know they've had big disruptions, obviously no crowds, and then they had to move away from Optus Stadium for their home game against Brisbane, mm, which, which, which would be which would be poor. They're still performing to a decent level. They've just lost out on a couple of games where I thought they would have shown more, and mm. they did show a bit in this game. Um, definitely not you know writing them off or anything and saying they can't make finals because they they still can. Um, but it's going to be very hard for them now. And I think you probably get a free pass in the first year of a new coach with Justin Longmuir being at, at the club. JL. Second year, you probably wanted a bit more out of them, but there's still a bit of the year to go. So I think if they can push towards the eight, if they just miss out, that's okay. That's probably where they expect to be, but they've still got a pretty healthy list. But it's just a shame that they're sort of wasting that good form of David Mundy and probably his last year mm. of his career, which, Could is, be. which is unfortunate, yeah. How's Fife going with the goal kicking? Two goals, 15 going into that game, I believe. Yeah, and I don't know what he did exactly in that game, but he yep. yeah, needs to sort of straighten himself up. Tabner has been pretty consistent for them. He seems to kick three or four goals every week he, somehow. He hasn't been talked about at all. No, heard, and he's no. right up there in the common it's race. The only, so. I think since round eight last year, he's the only yep. player to kick multiple goals in every round. 
doesn't get talked about. That's really good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's obviously a bit older. Yeah. Um, I think he's maybe 28, 29. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't, I still would have thought he was like 24, 25 because I've only really recognised him the last couple of years as a player. Then again, I think he started in 2013, so right. he might have been, he might have been like 21 age, then, yeah. potentially. So yeah, um, it took a while to come on, but. Um, last sort of 18 months have um, read the benefits of those rewards and had, had to wait for Pavlich to almost retire to sort of see how he'd really go uh, against sort of the, the, the toughest defenders out there. Absolutely, and it was a big hole to fill for sure. So um, you're going to give us a quick wrap-up of the rest of the week's games? Yes, yes. Uh, the Cats, obviously, mentioned off the top, escape in, in <laughs> an inaccurate Saints outfit by 21. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Sydney kept the pies to just one goal after quarter time, and that gave them a 30-point win. They, at quarter time, were like, geez, I was going to say, gee, Collingwood play Sydney well. And then mm. Sydney, after quarter time, they just played they just garbage. Them. They just throttled yep. them. They, they sure did. Mm. Gold Coast, which, again, disappointing just at the with that one, mate. A few people stuffed that up. This year, the Gold Coast stunned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not for the first time ever, but um, <laughs> getting smashed in the Q clash to the tune of 73 points. Um, mentioned obviously the bombers, Melbourne uh, go to nine and oh, they're going amazingly. It's twenty six point win over Carlton, and West Coast accounted for Adelaide with a five goal win in the West. So I think do we the have to do? Crows are pretty good in that game. From from what I saw, I think there was a seventeen minute period in the second quarter where Jack Dalling kicked five goals in the second quarter. In the second quarter yeah, alone, one quarter he kicked You're five kidding. goals. That, that's that's the game there. Yeah, so. and other than that, they pretty much matched West yeah. Coast score. So. Uh, a tick for Adelaide. They don't need to keep winning games. They just need to keep showing effort and developing their Playing kids. Playing the kids, yeah. Absolutely. And, and no techs as well, who's who accounts for 43% of their goals this year, which is an amazing stat. Yeah, that reminds me of that, that West Coast five-goal haul from Darling. It reminds me in 2018 when we played... Uh, the Eagles were up by 15 in the last quarter. TK was going off. and then The team that didn't want him. <laughs> We've mentioned that before. And then West Coast kicked like six goals in seven minutes. Yeah, it was it's, unbelievable. It was, it was an yeah. absolute... Uh, the one interstate game I've been to at that, at that point in time. Yeah. So, Good times. Was Dad was halfway back to the airport at that stage. So. <laughs> um, how'd, you, how'd you get home? Yeah, <laughs> I just, no, I just had to just walk, walk back, back from, from the West. From WA. Some, some big games coming up uh, for round 10 already. Absolutely, mate. We'll get through our tips and then we've got Shorty's mailed in tips. And then I've got Chook's ones as well. So the, we're faxed in. So absolutely uh, faxed from, in from, from, from Chook. signaled in. <laughs> Carrier pigeoned in. Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> Tips in a in a bottle that's been thrown in the ocean. Yes, please. All right. So we've got uh, Brisbane and Richmond Friday night at the Gabbron. Gee Willikers, if the Richmond win this, I'll I'll spew up because they should have. <laughs> they honestly, as we mentioned before, and and don't take our. Uh, hate for Richmond is pure hate, but just from a general football fan point of view, you, you never want you know someone going back to back to back, and just general football pundits don't want one team to be winning it every year. But the Giants could have knocked Richmond pretty well out of, I wouldn't say unconscious, the eight, but definitely the top four. Yep. But if Richmond win this, they're they're right back in it, mate. They they'll be they'll be six and four, I believe, instead yep. of four and six. So uh, it's going to be huge. But I've, I've gone Brisbane because they're in ripper form. They should make this six straight by 22 points. Yeah, good call. Oh, yeah, of course, the, the margin the there. Margin. Um, <laughs> Brisbane for mine as well. Obviously, the home ground's a big one. Um, traditionally, Richmond have done amazingly well. They've probably won, obviously, Brisbane won in the final last year. But outside of that, I think they hadn't lost to them thirteen games since 2004. Yeah. I think it was the last time that Jeez. Brisbane defeated them. So... <laughs> They've definitely got the wood over them. Um, 
but I think yeah, Brisbane, without as many injuries as Richmond and five of their best midfielders out, uh, you'd like to think Brisbane, yeah, by a few goals, um, Richmond will take it right up to them as they do. But hopefully, Richmond can be capable of ten plus games, winning streaks. So um, <laughs> you've just got to. Yeah, we've got to make it as hard as possible for them to make it in the top four. The general competition. <laughs> yeah, when you lose a grand final to them, um, yeah. you, you don't exactly like them. And when you see a team winning all the time and winning premierships all the time, you don't like them. Absolutely. And then we've got on the Saturday, we've got the Melbourne Cricket Ground, Carlton versus Hawthorne. Uh, Carlton need to get the job done here. Yeah, I think Carlton can't afford to lose this one. Uh, Hawthorne not playing great footy, but I think, yeah, Carlton would... Probably just a bit better on paper, but would there be questions way. asked of Carlton if they lose this? Oh, well, if Hawthorne losing to North up in Tassie, their home deck, uh, I think yeah, it's going to be a bit, going to be very, yeah, big questions will be interesting. Asked. Big questions will be asked if Carlton lose. Righto, uh, Geelong versus Gold Coast at GMHBA Stadium on the Saturday. Probably Geelong's a safe bet here. Yeah, I like Geelong at GMHBA. They, they play good footy there. Hopefully play better than they did against the Saints. Otherwise, Gold Coast will uh, make it very hard for us. Mm, I think Gold Coast's good form is run out now for the year. They've, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've really dropped off, unfortunately, but they've been quite injured as well. Yep. Um, Adelaide versus Melbourne at the Adelaide Oval. Probably safe to say Melbourne again. Here. Yeah, Melbourne <clears throat> Yeah, Melbourne just. I, I think the Crows will, will probably challenge them and Zs can't keep winning forever. So, um, but yeah, I think Melbourne a bit more bankable at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. The Dogs and St Kilda at Marvel Stadium should be an absolute shootout, but uh, the Dogs for me. These are always corker games, and the final last year was uh, you know, no exception. Yep. But yeah, the Western Bulldogs, hard to go past them. They're in uh, ripping touch, and yeah, the Saints, a bit hot and cold. Remember that game where St Kilda came back from like 48 points down or something in 2015 yeah, f- or 55 something? points in yeah. 2017 <laughs> or 16. Yep. Four goals in the second half or something. It was insane. <laughs> Crazy. Um Fremantle and Sydney at Optus Stadium. Now, if Fremantle are worth their salt, they would you, win this you've game. You've been driving their their van all season I, and I last have, year. I have. I'm, I'm not driving the van this time. I've tipped Sydney, but if they're worth anything in, in the context of this season, they, they will win this game. I have more faith in Sydney. Yep. Um, obviously, yeah, Freo didn't go too well in the West against the Eagles recently. But yeah, Sydney, they, are, they just find a way and they're such a good side, then they will be playing finals and I think they will win with their structure and systems in place. Structure and systems. Yeah. Um, the Giants and West Coast, the Giants stadium, this one was hard to pick, but I think with the uh, Green and Perryman injuries now, you've got to tip West Coast. I initially had the Giants, but obviously with that, those are some massive injuries. Mm. I'll go West Coast, but... Yeah, only just not, not with a lot of confidence there. Um, Port and Collingwood at the MCG. Very rarely tip based off injuries as well. Uh, Port Adelaide, massive, massive game. Um, yeah, I think they'll get the job done. But yeah, Pies will definitely challenge. But I think yeah, Port are too good and will respond. Absolutely. And Essendon and North Melbourne at Marble Stadium. This is always an interesting game as well. Never know who to pick. Yeah. But I'm going to tip Essendon. Yeah. I think the Dons have been in good form all year. They've just had a lot of losses, unfortunately. So yeah. North could definitely... Uh, it's going to be a close game. North could definitely yeah, be right up for the game and anything's possible in that game. So, uh, yeah. It's I always hard to beat. Chook's gone very similar in his tips here. So, Lions, Blues, Cats, Demons, Dogs, Frio, Giants over mm-hmm. West Coast. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't heard the green news, but maybe that's just a Chook tip. Uh, Port <laughs> and the Bombers. And then we've got Chordy's tips here just to finish us off. Gentlemen, back with some tips. 
I think last week proved pretty similar. Doggies and Port, probably the only one that we may have differed on. But this week there's a couple interesting ones. I'm going the Lions to beat the Tigers in a ripping Friday night game. Got Carlton over Hawthorne. Geelong should take care of the Suns. Melbourne to go over and beat the Crows. Dogs to take care of St Kilda. And I'm going Fremantle to beat Sydney. I just wonder if there might be a couple of Swans tips floating around. Tough one. And then this next one, I reckon, it's the toughest of the round. Giants and the Eagles. Oh, I've gone the Eagles at the moment, but that one, that's a soft tip. I think uh, we'll just wait and see how that develops over the week. But also going to go Port Adelaide to beat Collingwood, the Bombers to beat North Melbourne. Cheers. Some interesting thoughts there from D Short. Just sensational from the, the, the team at AFL Limited. Um, We're AFL Limited today as we've got half, well, our, half our team here. But um, two or four. That pretty much does us. Yeah, good, no, it good was job. just a pleasure catching up, man. Just talking a bit of footy and um, doing all the work for half the pay. <laughs> Uh, all the best to um, Chuck on recovering from his uh, laid out and uh, medical illness. medical injury late. So and um, suck egg short for being at work. <laughs> um, absolutely, everybody. So absolutely everybody. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, guys. Make sure you're following us on all our platforms to catch all of our content and audio. We do appreciate all the comments that you do leave. So please feel free to continue doing so, and we'll try and uh, communicate over them during the podcast. Communicative communications. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, thank you for listening and you'll catch us next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless.